0: It's, 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 it's,
1: it's, 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 it's,
0: it's, 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 the 28th. Yes. Because I just did payroll. Jake, are you looking forward to this episode? Yeah. Do you know who you have to thank for that? I think I have to thank Squarespace. You do, because this episode is brought to you by them. They're the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com/idlethumbs and enter the offer code thumbs at checkout. No it's shit. a better web starts with your website. With Jake's website? Yeah. A better web Melt starts with website?
2: No. <laughs> 8th, 2014.
0: It's the morning of May 28th, 2014. The birds are chirping, the,
2: headphones the sun is are making singing, the,
1: the and headphones life. are hissing in Jake's little ears. And this is Idle Thumbs 160. I'm Chris Remo.
2: I'm Jake
0: Brodkin.
1: And I'm Sean Vaneman. Hey guys! Hey guys. Good morning. It's a morning cast. We never do this.
0: No. This is our morning show. <laughs> <laughs> honk, honk! Woo!
2: <laughs> Oh,
1: it's a regular episode. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> just made
2: it a regular episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. our morning show. baboo Fart sound. Uh, talk about whatever.
0: Oh. Oh. No. Uh, it's more of a reader mail. I got to send a tweet, and I can't remember what the headline was. Yes, I can. And it's for this podcast. So, no matter what happens between here and there, I predict that that tweet that I will read on the podcast, it's a link to an article. Will bring us out of wherever we are and into an echelon of a, a good one, a high one. But you so want to save one. that oh, moment. Yeah, so <laughs> you wanna, you wanna, we can we can you open sort with of it.
2: Plot a log in middle for a while first, and then jump up to this to this new echelon of quality.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> I almost said something really terrible. Um, at least after the mid roll. Uh, <laughs> got you. <laughs> you guys play any Watchdogs? No 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 it sucks about this right it just sucks it sucks that a game has a year lead up and then when it comes out every single thing i read about it just makes me not want to play it and not in the way that like a bad movie review does not in the way when a movie is like tiresome like when a movie gets panned you're like oh that's a bummer man maybe i'll still see it maybe there's something in there for me and that usually is great i actually love loving a panned film Hmm. like the beach is a good example. Yeah, like low tier Danny Boy, Danny Boyle film, but I love that movie, and I remember it just got shit when it came out. But then I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, this movie's for me." And it doesn't feel that way with games because what comes out is not like any sort of qualitative oh, right. assessment. It's not that
1: it's like an interesting. Well, it's not for what comes out is like everyone.
0: well, it's like you know this sort of GTA blah blah blah. And you're going to do this, well, and you're going to run over people, and you're going to do this. I blah. think Ollie
1: said it
2: well, and I mean it's not it's not it's it's. It's not an original thought in that it applies to a million games, but he said Watch Dogs is not a bad game except that there are 200 other games that exist that are exactly it. Right. Like, it's made well. It probably has a couple, it has some interesting stuff in it, but like, yeah. Yeah, but I like, mean, what's the point, right? I think, <laughs> yeah, I think you saying the beach, like you, you've seen it and you're like, that's the movie for me. Your Watch Dogs is not going to be the game for you because Watch Dogs isn't the game for any person.
0: Well, it's the game for every person, yeah. right? Yeah. It wants it's, to be anyway. It's not. Yeah. yeah, it's not the game for a person. It's the game for every person. And therefore, it just has everything that a video game has yeah. in it. It's, maybe we should all play Watch Dogs.
1: And I mean, it's honestly, like, it's not the game for every person, right? It's the game for every one of this, like, no, particular I – mean, de- I know right. what you're saying, yeah, but I mean, yeah, like, th- that's the thing that actually makes it kind of tiresome, right? <laughs> Is that in reality, it's the game for, like, this particular demographic that's, like, identified as people who buy AAA games – and, like, that's even more just predictable. It ends and, up
2: just being a game for no one, I think, is the yeah. like, I don't know, I, I, have, I still haven't played any Wolfenstein, and Wolfenstein and Watch Dogs are the two things that came out, and Wolfenstein feels closer to the one where it...
1: I actually really want to... They both have a dog it, in like, like, their name. The more... It's... I, the, the <laughs> Good
2: shot, they do both have <laughs> a dog in their name. But yeah, well, Wolfenstein sort of... <laughs> any places that Wolfenstein feels like it falls off the edge are either incredibly predictable or, like, the reasons people wouldn't like it are because there's just a bunch of strange stuff in it it seems like it seems like they're at least aiming for a
0: thing i don't know i yeah. just miss there's that tier of sort of like high 70s game that can be like the film that is sort of like it's middling reviews but you play it and You're you are like, like, "Oh, this is like totally alpha for Protocol me. or something yeah alpha protocols i mean fucking far cry 2 is a good example even yeah. though i think it got decent reviews but like or like the call appropriate or like the stalker the stalker, series, the stalker yeah. series it's just sort of like right there in like the isn't gonna like Set the world on fire like a Bioshock, but finds its audience in a single player and does interesting things and doesn't have this sort of like half a billion dollar media right. fucking foot behind well,
2: it. Watchdogs also shot on itself just because its ad campaign, it seems like it's really similar to the Assassin's Creed one, which we might have talked about this before on the podcast, We're just at the beginning... Oh, we've talked about this in terms of the Captain America movie, I think, which also might have been in terms of watchdogs, but how watchdogs are yeah, marketing no, early yeah, on. Yeah, we was talked just, about this a
0: lot. We're just sort of at first it's like evocative and interesting and about one idea yeah. and then by the time the last trailer comes out it's
2: You're just like, oh, that one idea is there, but it's a drop in a bucket of everything
1: right. else that's of all the ideas there. that are ex- that are expected to be in this thing yeah. no what were what you I gonna did. say
2: about wolfenstein chris
1: oh i was just gonna say the okay so one thing i need to say is that we neither none of us will play either of these games so we're we're we're, we're just, doing the classic woo! idle thumbs just like flying around fucking hilarious uh armchair critic here but like whatever uh,
2: sit in chairs with arms now too
1: so these it's, it's it's are sofas but like but part of part of <laughs> i a love seat <laughs> it's true i said to part of not having played them is like being witness to the weird sort of intersecting and then opposing graphs of anticipation and kind of appreciation of these games. Like I, th- I feel like a year ago looking at Wolfenstein and um, watchdogs, the sort of prevailing opinion was, Oh man, watchdogs looks like it could be really interesting, especially in the context of like modern security state and, you know, like interesting open world kind of player agency and stuff. And then, like, Wolfenstein, okay, well, they just do this oh, another every wolf like, great, cool, right? Like, but then re- in reality, at least in, in the – among the people I've happened to interact with for whatever reason, and especially, like, I would say in the industry, like, I've definitely felt this way, um, those – like, those anticipation curves have just swapped. And, like, well, and now they're no longer anticipation because the games are out. But, like, at this point, I hear almost nobody kind of in my sphere of awareness talking about watchdogs, except in kind of just like that very weary way. Um, whereas everyone I've run into, it's like, yeah, Wolfenstein is really good. Like I I hit that all the time. I was at, I was meeting up with some friends last night. Um, a friend of mine was in, an ex rational friend of mine was in town from, from Boston. And like, he had just invited a bunch of uh, like game dev folks to like get drinks last night. And like, everyone was just like, yeah, Wolfenstein, go figure, huh? Really good. I guess those, like, Riddick people know what they're doing. Um, and it it is exactly the thing that I was kind of – so, so I, I, have, I have played, like, a couple hours of it anyway. It's not as though I haven't played any of it. But, like, um, it does feel like the thing that I wanted, which is maybe different than the thing that you're talking about, Sean, with the, like, the beach kind of thing. It's maybe not that. Like, the thing that Wolfenstein feels like to me is the version of just the kind of unassuming, like – well made thing. Like a good
0: thrill, like taken. Like yes, good exactly. That yeah. is,
1: that's the comparison. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. precisely. Like that kind of thing where it's like, you know what? Like this is not going to pretend to be more or less than it is. Mm-hmm. And I and, like,
0: I love movies like that too, yeah. where it's just, that's what I signed up for. It didn't talk down to me. There's a couple little surprising moments in it. And I went, huh, a couple times. And at the end, I was, <laughs> what like, did you do? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, that's what you want like that's totally that's like, fine That's a like, totally
2: like okay thing. To I like be. that it made you feel like ten percent more like Mickey Mouse than usual
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and like and the thing is at this point, I want to play more Wolfenstein, but I don't even care to play any watchdogs to find out how correct or incorrect my assumptions are, because everything that game exudes to me at this point, including things people have said about it who have played it like just make me feel fucking exhausted i know like, it feels like i
0: if i wanted to play games like watch dogs i need to create a different twitter feed and follow the opposite people right. that i follow and then live on that for yes. two weeks and then go oh, i'm gonna play watch dogs yeah exactly it's yeah, right. like, like it's i it's see tweets pop. where it's like this is the first interactive like interactive moment of watch dogs and there's just a guy cowering with you with a gun over him i'm like good and it just says like x like, well, <laughs> yeah do you see that it's like ben burbank i think posted
1: yeah on. yeah Ugh.
0: yeah exhausting
1: yep which you know if that's the well if that's actually not the first interactive thing that happened in wolfenstein but if it were it wouldn't really bother you because that game at no point I tried says, to communicate to you like, that it like,
0: that wasn't going to be it. <laughs> yeah. like
1: makes any claim that it's not just going to be about shooting a bunch of nazis mm-hmm. so
0: it's weird to like i saw a comment i didn't think about this when you watched like the game, like all the lead-ups to watch dogs where a guy like somebody on my twitter feed just said I just played watchdogs and ran over seven people with my car. Yeah. And I just feel I'm a monster and should be locked up. Yeah. Cause like you just see like this enigmatic, like, like the uh, shadowy guy, like in a good cap, walking down the street, like hacking phones and like listening in on people. And then it's to pick that guy up and put him in a car and then to say, drive, like drive wherever a maniac. Yeah. It's well, the a also- narrative dissonance to the fucking max. It's like, that's the whole thing. You know that comes from, well, we can't tell people not to drive like a
2: maniac because they've got full control over the over the car. Yeah. But, the, but I mean... Like in a filmic adaptation of that, he wouldn't run over seven people because he would drive in a way that makes people drive out. It would all be near misses or whatever. Well, like- because
0: something else would be... He would either be about the driving, which would be a tightly choreographed action scene... Or the driving would just be the mise en scène for a scene about something else. Right. Which is what I loved
1: actually about the opening of GTA 4. Yeah, I told, that's exactly what I was thinking yeah. when you said that. Yep.
0: Because like I didn't run over any people in that. I think they might have also had the streets emptied for
1: that opening, but well, I was not like sure. the middle of the night. So yeah. I don't think yeah. there's as many people around. But I mean, but that's kind of. It's still just good design. Yeah, though. that's part of it. Like if you're gonna, if you want to make a character in a car and. It's a game about a character who doesn't, who, like, in all likelihood is not going to run a ton of people over. You have to do something to mitigate that. Like, well, obviously. The whole
2: story could take a turn and it could be uh, him just hiding out from everyone because
0: he ran seven people over.
1: <laughs> well, but then the game's about that. Then the game's about a guy who ran a bunch of people over. That's fine. <laughs> but you
0: gotta, like, it's, it's a gotta blind be, guy. I still seeing eye dogs.
1: But, <laughs> like. <laughs> a, yeah. But if you want to make a game dog. where you can. Do- <laughs> But if you want to make a game where your character can like do anything within the context of your violent open world, then you can't make your game about a subtle right. theme. Like, Which is why
0: I liked Crackdown back. Me in, too. Like, totally. like eight years ago, when yeah. that fucking game came out, yep. it's like, oh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a super cop.
1: Yeah, I love that game. I get it. I God, can I jump. So many I hours of that game. Two hundred feet in the air. Yeah. Perfect. I
2: remember your your uh, Crackdown.
1: I know. I was zone. really into it. God, mm-hmm. it was so fun. All those orbs. You, you in those, those orbs. 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 The word orb sounds them. like an orb. When you heard them? Be like, yeah, it sounds like the word orb. It probably or
2: was just a sound designer saying orb. And it was <laughs> and then like, really
1: processed yeah. and randomized. Yeah. And I really hope, actually, each, they were
0: all voice acted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so they're like, yeah. they're like the little uh, personality spheres it's in like Portal 2. That's yeah. 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 fine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like the one that said orb.
0: They all said orb. I just hear Roy Orbison <laughs> Orbison when people that's, say Orb that's, he cameoed what, as one of the Orbs yeah, that was,
1: that's probably a minor character in Portal 2 <laughs> yeah How about it's that? always great when these big games
0: come out though because I'm reminded of things like Uplay that exist I'm like oh yeah that oh, also yeah. also
1: exists. apparently another thing that's making me not enthusiastic to play Watchdog <laughs> apparently like a lot of people just can't play it because they can't log into Uplay <laughs> oof
0: I had a yeah. I've only had the UPlay experience with uh, Far Cry 3 and Blood Dragon, and I went all right. We're good.
1: Yeah, I had it with uh, the Anno games as well.
2: The UPlay experience. I would love oh, to talk to somebody. I would go.
0: love. To, I play that on Xbox. I would love to talk to someone at a corporate strategy level who can tell me
1: why. <laughs> what the end game of UPlay, Uplay is like. Why that? Yeah. Why
0: those initiatives are so important? Yeah. If it's simply because. We need to build this. We need to build the social foundation, or we need to build the infrastructure foundation to compete against Steam, like an Origin situation. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if. At this but, point like, it's, I wanna know, but like, I want to know, like, why? Because like, 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 think of the Uplay is not fucking cheap. They have way wow, too many people on. In, like, they have so many fucking people on that thing. Task. They have to. Yeah, the, ugh, and it's well, in it, it 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 least they get one. At everybody who works
2: on it fucking hates it. Does it mean that 100 percent of PC DLC purchases go through Uplay instead of through Steam?
0: They must not, right? I don't know. That's a they must. I, ooh, I don't know. Because that's a really that's, good like,
2: that's why EA did Origin for sure, right? Is so that they don't lose the thirty percent. Well, they
1: eventually took their shit off Steam, which Ubisoft I don't think could ever have the balls to right. do. Right,
2: but does it work like Games for Windows Live? Like I don't know enough about this. Where when you're playing a, a GFWL game like Bioshock Two and you wanted to buy Minerva's Den, you couldn't buy Minerva's Den off Steam. You hit like the, right. the Shift Tab yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Games for Windows yeah. equivalent, and then you I went think into the shitty, play is like that their well. store. But you play like
0: that as well. Uplay also has like. They double down it's on it's all this like, social shit, like, and like unlock wallpapers and yeah. spend these points to get this and shit like that. That feels like that might just be
2: the pill they gave themselves internally to make it feel like it was cool and fun.
1: So you can buy Watch Dogs DLC on Steam. I'm looking right now. You can buy the season pass for 20 bucks.
2: Yeah. So at this point, is it just like momentum? Is the, is you play just like the flaming husk of a car that the guy still just has his foot on the gas pedal <laughs> as it's just like
0: <laughs> I on don't know. It just feels like it's like um. Well, uh, I remember. I don't know it's like it's like. Having a pool in a rich neighborhood, you just kind of fucking have to you're, have well, one. You're, you're, you you're, well, yeah, once you're well, and
1: also once you do launch that, I remember you eventually uh, actually got
0: to move out of your house because you can't bring yourself to
2: fire your pool staff because your pool will be sheer. Right, exactly. then your neighbor's pool. Yes,
1: then. no, that's exactly it. Like I remember talking to Microsoft <laughs> to like Microsoft uh, game studios executives when they were uh, still pushing with games for Windows Live, and I remember even after the point where it was clear that there was little to no remaining goodwill for Games for Windows Live, and nobody liked it, and it wasn't working very well. Every time I would meet with them, they would still say things like, no, the next update, gamers are really going to love this. We're really learned from everything, all the feedback we've been getting, and like this next version of Games for Windows Live.
2: People did yeah. love the next version because it was closing it. So they were not <laughs> wrong. They loved that it. It has one key
1: feature,
0: non existent <laughs> It does not exist, yes.
1: Um, but like, these... I feel like at that level, once these corporate strategy decisions are made, you can't change course without (laughs) like, just total catastrophe
2: you actually have to put yourself like if you are inside the microsoft machine and you're like my mission is going to be to take down games for windows live <laughs> right most of the odds are that you're going to be fired but you probably have to actually put yourself into a like robert redford in three days of the condor situation where you like <laughs> go into the inner works of this thing to pop to like yeah you follow that fucking trail like, yeah
1: because what are the because what's the, the story
2: of watchdogs
0: actually
1: <laughs> shut down you play yes <laughs>
0: I like that. That would sound like that would be totally brand appropriate alongside Assassin's Creed. I was, I right. was say I was, I was <laughs> Creed yeah. I reveals that. that God, what if all Creed Ubisoft same...
1: games take place in oh, the same shared in, universe in the, in the Ubiverse? In the... <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Oh man, you no! Know, Here
2: is the problem with this. Why when is we play not called the Ubiverse? I don't know. But when also, we, we talked about all this stuff for Assassin's Creed Four, and we just started postulating all this dumb shit because. In high concept stuff like this, the first idea that you have is the idea that someone else obviously has also had. People just told us that all that stuff that we predicted was basically an Assassin's Creed 4 in some form or another. So odds are high that someone's now rolling their eyes because the end of Watch Dogs actually reveals that (laughs) it's an Assassin's
1: Creed. Also, speaking of Ubiverse or things relating to (laughs) that word, um, I I think maybe also Ben Burbank, I can't remember. Maybe it was Matt Franklin, but someone who we know... Posted a screenshot of being unable to play Watch Dogs because they couldn't log into uh, UPlay, and they were stuck in what is just called like the UPlay Lounge, which is basically <laughs> just a <laughs> shitty window with just UPlay Lounge in a script font. Does it have a
2: MIDI file associated with
1: this? Well, it was a screenshot, so I don't no. know. But the thing that was, the thing that was hilarious to me is that underneath it, it had the um, little subhead "A Ubisoft Experience." And like the the usage of a rather than an was, I I guess that's how they want you to say Ubisoft. They want you to say Ubisoft. No, oh yeah, Ubisoft. A it's, Ubisoft experience because
2: Ubisoft is short for ubiquitous software.
1: I know, but that's still oh my awkward. god,
2: really? Yeah, I was at a, I was at a Ubi press event once, and they're like, oh yeah, we're Ubisoft. Ubisoft short for ubiquitous software. Da, 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 da. Anyway, we're here <laughs> to show you the new Prince of Persia.
0: I like that. that even makes me if- like the company ten million times more that they're actually ubiquitous software.
2: <laughs> yeah, ubiquitous software goes back to like ubiquitous like faster The
0: more a you play with a s- corporation yeah. in a sci-fi novel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> delicious. It's going to be taken down. Watchdogs
1: from the ubiquitous it- software
2: corporation. No, yeah.
0: Somebody else. Never mind.
2: That's probably the grand scheme of the like Watchdogs, Assassin's Creed pyramid. Is that it is going to be about? Eventually, the ubiquitous software corporation is, shows up at all of these different companies. Yeah. That would
0: be perfectly fine. One man
2: tried generations ago. It cuts to the Prince of Persia fighting the, like <laughs> Grand Vizier, who like
1: he barely escapes, and his son starts. God, the Grand Vizier probably has that weird, like circular, weird Ubisoft logo, and, right. like engraved at the top on of his, his staff. Like, yeah, yeah. fucking Jan- opal or something.
2: <laughs> Their operations reach to
1: the. That's, darkest probably, the, of that's Africa, probably the same symbol on the guy. like Pope staff apple thing for Assassin's Creed Two.
2: Yeah, they've hired Dan Brown to manage their uh, <laughs> cross synergy continuity and lore. Yeah,
0: I'd I'd probably be okay with this.
1: <laughs> if this if <laughs> this if funny if is like, this it's, a twenty year no long, no way. Yeah.
0: There's no way that it's like not an improvement. You know what I mean? There's no way it's a downgrade if that is the end game. Like, there's no. It's at least a lateral move from whatever could have been.
1: Yeah. Well, because there's nothing.
0: Because it's right from nothing. Yeah. So. Well, they have that, like that, like from story play, like that, like story, like. You like, could see this being. Don't they have that? What's the name of that thing? Like, oh right, they, they have that, that like, like story cabal or whatever. What <laughs> it's is not it? a cabal. It's more like, it's a, like a story group, like a task force. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the way yeah, I would yeah, describe yeah. it. Like
1: a strike
2: team,
0: yeah.
1: task force, narrative strike team. I don't yeah. quite know how Rayman or Beyond Good and Evil fit yeah, into Alice. this, but
2: they they probably do. It's called Alice.
1: Mm-hmm. Ubisoft has like a narrative group that. Of course, that
0: it's called Alice. Okay,
1: is... yeah. Are you familiar with the story, Alice?
0: Um, I'm looking it up now. I like the idea that there is a big
2: Ubisoft uh, meta story, but that it's entirely corporately motivated. That they're like, okay, so turning all of our series into annual AAA success stories is not enough. We now have to manage them <laughs> concurrently as one piece just of continuity. Style yeah, like, where yeah. they're like, they're, yeah, they're looking at Marvel, they're looking at EA, they're like, okay, we've got like. The guy just does the, like, Hudsucker Proxy-esque boardroom presentation where it's like, numbers are up, everything's shipping annually, we're making millions of dollars. What next? And then the guy at the end of the table is just, like, winding his watch or, like, just sort of, like, tipping his cigar on the thing. And then he's like, gentlemen, we're bored. And then they just decide that, uh, <laughs> that they're going to just – that's also when the lighting shifts and they all just are now in a weird, like, Masonic situation. And yeah. they decided that they're going to make this, like – yeah, the Ubiverse is born that day. Uplay is just the first step. Oh, yeah. First, we'll get everyone to hate Uplay. Then we'll secretly introduce a <laughs> storyline yeah, where they wait, have to de- deconstruct undermine it from the inside. and
1: destroy Uplay from within.
2: But that, sorry, that is actually, that makes it the most malicious corporate movie in the entire yeah, world. That's you engin- engineer something for everyone to hate. Yeah. Then make them feel good for undermining it <laughs> by buying a million games. I think that might be the plot to the second and third Matrix movies. That's too bad. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. So we've talked about that a lot now.
1: <laughs> cool. <laughs> Any other games you have, guys haven't played? <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. I've what?
0: I was reading about oh, Alice again.
1: I read this article forever. Is but, Alice an acronym, please?
0: <clears throat> it's, no. Damn it. Okay. It's, just a, it's, it's a direct reference to Al, uh, Alice in Wonderland. So nothing clever going on there. Just straight up.
1: Well, because yeah. wasn't there a year where at Ubisoft specifically, they had two, two game games Alice came out Wonderland the same quotes? year that were like, there was Far Cry 3 and, fuck, I can't remember. Was it an Assassin's Creed game? No, I don't think so.
2: Yeah, one of the other but games yeah, also had... opened dramatically with an Alice in Wonderland quote. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think it might have also been Ubisoft Montreal. Hmm. I can't remember. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> They love Alex. The only
0: article that's really been written about that was a Polygon article from like last February. They haven't really like done any sort of like PR about that group ever since. You don't really know what's going on there. Hmm. But God, there's a fucking paragraph in the Polygon article that I forgot about that just makes you go like, "Yep, this is why it. This is why everything is." It's they're interviewing Corey May, and um, he says my new jo- my new job title right. I'm not pretending I'm doing my old job title anymore, am I? May looks right over at a publicist who apparently nods because the floppy-haired, spectacled, and perpetually hoodied 30-something dives right in. My name is Corey May, and I'm the director of screenwriters at Alice. Good. (laughs) 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 Like, the idea, the the PR, oh. The looking at the publicist? Yeah. So good. That's such a Polygon feature opening, too, though. Those guys love that. Oh, they do love it. Yeah. Also, (laughs)
1: I'm sorry, it was Assassin's Creed 3. Okay. was the other
0: one? Jake, I got something to share with you. Moving on.
1: Wait, is this this the gold?
0: Is it time? So you got sent this, so hopefully you didn't click on it. Once I saw you reply
2: to something that someone sent, I stopped paying attention to anything anyone was sending me because I didn't want to step on this. um,
0: Rick Vance on Twitter said, Not sure if someone sent this to you guys, but you two are the ones who will enjoy it the most. It's from the St. Albert Gazette. I don't know where that? that is. Is that in Canada? It must be. Student poet a student poet wins national award Good headline already ode to waluigi feats <laughs> nefarious nintendo character <laughs> a poem about a dastardly nintendo now i haven't read anymore i read that and went nope a podcast <laughs> okay, <that's fine. laughs> a poem about a dastardly nintendo villain has helped a local writer win a national writing contest sam Daly-, Daly, a grade four student at leo nickerson elementary was named one of the nine winners wednesday of the 2012 book week writing contest the contest run by canadian children's book center so yeah Challenge f- grades 4 through
1: 12 to put forth their best poems. Um. Do they have the uh, text of the poem? I'm looking. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um.
0: Daily's entry an oddly shakespearean ode to the video game character Waluigi <laughs> beat out hundreds of others to place first in the grade 4 category. Daily nine said he was shocked when he heard the news. I don't think I'm the best at writing he said. I really thought it would be someone else. <laughs> I love this kid. Waluigi is a character from Nintendo's Mario Brothers series of video games. One word. Which starred the heroic plumbers Mario and Luigi, an evil counterpart to Luigi, while Luigi is a nefarious trickster and can be recognized by his purple clothes, wicked mustache, and the inverted L on his hat. Um, Where's that poem? Oh my god, I'm looking. Okay, Bailey think- said he thought it would be fun to write an old-time poem on a modern subject since his class has been studying odes at the time. I think Waluigi is cool because he's really smart, he's tricky, and he's actually pretty fast. He's actually pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey says he's also a prankster like Waluigi. I like to prank my sister. <laughs> the epic 27-line ode that praises that the characters... What? Is that, does yeah. that count as an epic? It says the epic 27-line ode I'm praises the characters' words, genius, so. the stealth <laughs> <laughs> genius stealth and craft and asks... Why dost thou have not thine own video fame? (laughs) Uh, Video fame. Parenthetical. Waluigi has yet to star in his own Nintendo game, although he has many bit parts. It goes on to speculate on the character's perpetual bad mood. Art thy purple knickers in a knot <laughs> and to wonder what he would be like as a friend. <laughs> Daly said he's a big fan of Waluigi and frequently draws sketches of him. I think they should make a game with him. It would be fun. <laughs> oh, He's not wrong. Judge Cheryl McFarlane, author of such works as A Pod of Orcas, praised Daly's work for making a hero out of an oft-ignored secondary character, something all of us feel like sometimes. Oh, they don't have the lo- actual wording of the poem. No. no, the winning entries can be found at bookweek.ca. One moment after the jump. <laughs> <laughs> Where, Where the do heck do is do 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 Ode to
2: Waluigi? Do
1: do 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 do
2: do. That was our Nintendo uh,
1: Waluigi loading music. Mm-hmm. God, that's, that, is inc- that whole thing is incredible. Are you looking at the article? <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I was looking at it. I'm trying to find the text of the poem, but it's really hard. Are you on that website? No. Oh. I'm try. I was trying to just search for one of the lines, but it's not. It's no, just getting me that. a bunch of like, Tumblr, <laughs> Tumblr, blogs without specific permalink information. So,
0: you can, Yeah, that makes sense. Well, maybe we'll look for it during the break and come yeah. back with it. Yeah. That's probably the
1: best way to go. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You want to just take a break now? Yeah, yeah let's okay. take a break. Video game. We would like to thank
0: our sponsor, Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com slash idle thumbs and enter the offer code thumbs at checkout. And uh, if you've never used Squarespace, it's like dead simple website creation. And the thing that's good about it, at least that I personally like about it, is that it's all like the templates that you can begin with are just clean and like usually image focused and just, uh, not like they don't have like a bunch of elements you wish
1: you could strip out. Right. It doesn't feel like a default blog. Yeah. It it,
0: doesn't feel uh like, Oh, here's the fun blog. And if I could just get rid of these stupid dots across the top, it would actually just look like a nice, well laid out blog, um, from either a website or a store or whatever. Like you start with something that's like just clean and professional looking. And, um, My wife's student has actually just made a Squarespace site for their, like, they're working on an NFS grant or NSF grant in the Caribbean, and she, like, is doing this sort of, like, photo blog thing that she built it with Squarespace. It looks awesome. looks really good. She used that thumbs code. Who's this? Possibly. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) She's a big reader, obviously. Uh, We're big in the anthropology community. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's great. I've actually been meaning to use it because my dad has a business in Wyoming and he doesn't have a website, and I just want to make him like his like placard right. just this like on the internet that this yeah. has his name and his contact info and stuff like that. So I've been meaning to do it. And you want to hang his virtual shingle? You can hang your virtual <laughs> virtual shingle, which is probably already somebody's trademark. For but a now company. it's
2: copyright yeah. Squarespace Idle Thumbs podcast campaign.
0: Yeah, so check out Squarespace. It's um, if you've been meaning to get around to making a website, it's a great place to start. You can go to squarespace.com slash idle thumbs, use the offer code thumbs at checkout for 10% off, and you get a free trial. Doesn't
2: Squarespace on. also offer domains as part of in, in? Yeah,
0: yeah, all of that. So you don't have to have, like, it won't be, like, somebody's cool website dot squarespace.com. It'll just be your URL. It'll be yourcoolsite.com. Exactly. Oh, probably, it's probably the only taking, website they offer, Maybe it, dot like
1: someone already got it.
0: Also, lords.management exists now, but that's a different... that's <laughs> off topic. Video
1: games.
0: And then um, we'd also like to thank our sponsor, Hulu Plus. I, I always like to you to do Hulu Plus because you're big a big really Hulu, like, Hulu Plus. of a plus. <laughs> Hulu oh, Plus! It's not just Hulu. <laughs> uh, that's better. Yeah. So, you know what Hulu Plus is. You know what Hulu is because you have the internet and you're a person who is media savvy because you're listening to this podcast. Yeah.
2: yeah. You probably like watching the daily show
0: or every criterion collection movie. Also the all the criterion collection movies is the thing you always mention to me. And I go forget every time. Whoa! And, like, whoa! and then I forget.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but you shouldn't, you should watch them. What's up, Chris.
1: I was just going to say Hulu also has like been doing interesting things with content funding over the last couple of years. Like they, um, uh, have entered in it to agreements with organizations like uh, the BBC and I think other um, British uh, television networks like channel four and I've actually like co-produced several um, kind of noteworthy British television series over the last few years, which has been really interesting. If you like uh, British television, especially British comedy, Um, like I've mentioned um, in the past, uh, the thick of it, which is like one of my all time favorite TV shows. And Hulu actually co-produced season four of that show uh, or series four, I guess. Um, uh, Yeah. (laughs) But they've, uh, they've done, they've, that they've done the same thing with other British shows like um, Rev and Fresh Meat and Pram Face and stuff like just a bunch of British shows that um, Hulu, like, I guess, determined, like, we think there would be an audience for this on kind of among American, uh, television, internet viewers, and goes. Uh, yep, and it's been like it's cool. Like I think it's a cool way for them to like offer additional content that you can't find on like Netflix or Amazon or whatever.
0: Yeah, and you can try it out at HuluPlus.com/thumbs, and you get two weeks free, which is twice the normal time you would normally get free. Yep, HuluPlus.com/thumbs. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You're Thank welcome.
2: Thank you. Uh, I was thinking Hulu.
1: Well, I'm the one saying you're welcome. Oh. I just think that you're very welcome. You're a welcome presence in my life, Jake. Thanks, Hulu.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Are we back? No. How about now?
0: No.
1: Hmm? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm back. Okay. Yeah, okay. What is need some reader mail? Oh, wait, no, got to read that poem. Uh, 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 <clears throat> <laughs> Of course, we do.
2: This is a poem you wrote in fourth grade? <laughs> I fucking wish.
0: <laughs> I wish I had Waluigi when I was in fourth grade. <laughs> Sam Daly of Canada. <laughs> I don't know where. Ode to Waluigi. O oh, purple mustached, clever Waluigi, thou art such a genius when it is thy time to attack Mario and Luigi. <laughs> How thou attach springs to thy shoes know I not Why dost thou not have thy own video fame? Art thou enraged that thou dost not have one? Why dost thou fight the Mario brothers? Thou art negative and wicked when shooting fireballs at thy green plumber, thy foe. Why art thou always cranky? Art thy purple n- <laughs> art thy purple knickers in a knot? Perchance Alvin Earthworm annoyed thou with his YouTube video. <laughs> pull. Why art thou so tall and slim? Perchance a power flower fell in your mouth when thou wast a baby. Why dost thou wear a purple suit? I like thy violet outfit for its unique hue. Shouldst they, thy brother, Wario, and thou fight so repeatedly? Is Bowser the Dragon Turtle your fiendish companion? I dost wonder what it wouldst be like to be friends with Bowser and thou. Dost thou own the vicious peaty piranha flower? Dost thou like the kind princess Peach? If thou couldst own a Yoshi, wouldst thou? (laughs) Thou art so sly and crafty, our slippery Waluigi. Dost thou fight Gino the Explorer dangerously? Why art thou not in Super Smash (laughs) Bros. (laughs) Pro? Perchance thou art sad for being excluded from that rough game? (laughs) Why art thou so nimble when thou escaped the police? Thy symbol is an upside-down L. Oh, thou art sneaky, secretive, and tricky. Mine own, Waluigi.
1: Oh my god! Okay, I've, I retract my previous statement. Grade though. four. That's definitely epic. Grade four. I don't know why I Nine got Nine or ten that years old. <laughs>
0: it, why art thou not in Super Smash Bros. That's all? such a good question.
2: That's everyone's number one question. It's got Mario. <laughs> it's got Luigi. It's got Wario. What the fuck? That's everyone's number one
1: question. Also, number one party
2: That's everyone's number one The question. Whatever. It's read in any of those voices. i'm sad that it didn't make reference to his status uh in the party star
0: rankings (laughs)
2: or or whether or not he's gonna win but that's okay i think we all know he's gonna win (laughs) i think he has won waluigi ascended yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) that's no ode to mario that's no ode to luigi not even an ode
2: to wario man that youtube deep pull is weird also what What was that that? no one i don't know
0: we'll google it anyway the
2: youths know the canadian
0: youths yeah you have to understand that kid is 20 years younger than us
1: (laughs) (laughs) man kid won a national poetry competition
2: hey man i think it's fair to say that waluigi also won that poetry competition in spirit (laughs) yeah in the photo of him accepting the award somewhere on tumblr there's a little like jedi ghost waluigi standing behind him uh with his hand on his Uh shoulder also winning that award (laughs)
0: When Nintendo announces the year of Waluigi, they better fly that kid to fucking Japan <laughs> and put him on stage. In a huge, full baseball arena. But floating above the arena in, like, a Waluigi, like, like balloon. Right. <laughs> like a hot air balloon with a Waluigi head. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: that poem with the huge stadium reverb and...
0: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> kid goes up to the microphone... Konnichiwa. (laughs) (laughs) Clears his little voice. (laughs) An ode to Waluigi.
2: Waluigi. (laughs) Yeah. I thought you were going to read Robot News or something.
0: I'm so glad that it was that. Oh, yeah. So much stronger.
1: (laughs) <laughs> um, the only
0: next piece of robot news that will be big enough for us to actually comment on is this: when a robot kills someone. Robot kills that kid. Oh wait, about no, that? not about That Taylor. is not
2: true because those Google self-driving cars were revealed yesterday. Did you see those
0: fucking things? No, no,
2: no. Okay,
1: was <laughs> fucking almost hilarious thing that's ever. Twenty fifteen
0: is the year of the self-driving car and the PS three. <laughs> <laughs> what's really powering these things, Google? <laughs> You open yeah, the a old... hood, and there's just like literally like a eight-foot by six-foot block of PS3s. They've that got are all, just the old perfectly... ones, all the
2: old ones that could boot Linux. Um, Google announced that they have a new version of their self-driving car, and they're a big thing. They're like, well, okay, so uh, our previous self-driving cars, and what we've committed to forever is the idea that there's still a steering wheel and a pedal, so that a human can take over in the case of an emergency. It turns out that's really hard to engineer. So our next version doesn't have those. And the car can <laughs> drive itself exclusively.
0: But there is a little red button in the dash that will make it stop. So basically <laughs> your question from two weeks ago. Yeah. How do you think we'll see cars without steering wheels in them?
2: Yes. we will see them in two happen fucking right, yeah. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you will see them and you will crack the fuck up. Because <laughs> they look like a smaller smart car. Like smaller, they look smaller than a smart car, but they also just have they. You know how some cars look like they have a face on the front. A lot of, them? of cars. How most cars look like they have a face on yeah. them. This one just has a <laughs> fucking face on it, but it, it's it, just like, like it looks like the face Manor. of like a little happy it. cartoon bug. Like it's just like this little like <laughs> boo. It's like just this smallest little just goobery smile. It's not even a smile. It's sort of an, an like right. unadorned robot face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's got a big, stupid <laughs> nose. It's got a big, shiny, stupid nose. Yeah. God. What is that this, supposed to be? Let me see. Is the that thing camera? that's good about that no, the camera's on top of it. Look at it. It might nose? have a front camera
2: as well. It's the nose, Chris. It makes it cute.
0: <laughs> Why do they put the nose there? There's probably a camera and sensors and stuff in there. <laughs> Did you see this fucking thing? It's a fucking smell. The thing that's good about this car. Look up the new Google It's impossible. hilarious. Like, I'm not going to die in this. Yeah, you are. No way. I refuse to let my body be Jaws of Life out of that fucking cartoon face. Oh, you just
1: mean because you're never getting in it.
0: I either mean it's it's um... (sighs) impossible. So, you know, okay, I don't really like to fly. Yeah. But I fly Virgin America a lot. Yep. And... San francisco is the Virgin America hub and they have a plane that commemorates the World Series win from a couple years ago. Right. That has beard. Brian Wilson's beard, yeah, who was yeah, yeah. the pitcher who yep. was the closing pitcher at the time, on the plane. And I hate to fly because I always just assume I'm gonna die in a plane crash. Like I'm almost hundred percent certain of it. I'll so let <laughs> that sit for a second. But I love flying on the beard plane. I love it. Because I'm like, this is never gonna crash. <laughs> Like, it's, just it's too, too fucking ridiculous. funny. It's yeah, too ridiculous yeah, 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 yeah. of, like, the beard just on, <laughs> on fire in a fucking oh, so field. So you're saying that this car is not It's not. Gonna like I can't die in that
2: you thing. You imagine the director, like, cross-cutting to, like, the semi, driving down the road at a million miles an hour. Then the, then, the, then the
0: doesn't have enough of a sense of humor. Exactly right. Yeah. It's God would never let it happen. The story
2: where the driver of the truck is staring down that little, like, <laughs> robot face as he runs into
0: it just is not... That can't no, exist. it's impossible. <laughs> It would swerve or something at the last second, and it would yeah. be like, oh, saved again. By the- As the little <laughs> robot in your car goes, phew, phew, that was a close one. Let's get ice cream.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the exact same thing. It doesn't frighten me because I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like getting on the beard plane.
1: <laughs> What's probably going
0: to happen is there's going to be a couple hundred of
2: these
1: replacing like Ubers or something. I thought you were going to say a couple hundred of these in a massive pile up.
2: <laughs> oh no yeah but then like, like, they would always go and just like sort of just, the like, one bump thing that does, each it each does my friend- out about
0: them is i mean i don't know enough about them i but want to play chicken against them my friend built a drone <laughs> that um has like a bunch of like a bunch of computers making it flyable and we flew it and it was awesome it's just a quadcopter drone but it has a gps sort of stabilization thing so like you can like put it up in the air and it'll just like kick it It'll just it won't it'll adjust to wind. It knows exactly where it is on the earth, and uh, it makes it actually like very easy to fly like in a very like minute mm-hmm. way because it has its own stabilization. It goes, I know exactly where I am on the earth, and I'm not going to move from this spot. I'm this right. high up, and this is where I am. But we were flying it, and all of a sudden, it got north and south confused because of a bug, oh, and it just went Brow! and just flew away. Like, but at like <laughs> not not parallel with the earth, oh, at like as fast as it could go. At like a downward angle, oh, like into a fucking ravine, boom, right into the ground, like two hundred feet.
1: Oh my god! And
0: like watching it just have a bug yeah. of being like, "I'm good, I'm good, I'm good." Wait, I'm pointing the wrong way. The world, the it literally flipped the globe yeah. in its brain, and yeah. then tried to compensate for it and crashed. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" Because it, it was just <laughs> trying to bore <laughs> through the earth. To get yeah, the yeah. I was just like, nope. This <laughs> <laughs> went no. It was fucking crazy, and I went, Jesus. "Oh." <laughs> yeah so that's the thing that does i see that that is probably a cause for concern <laughs> luckily yeah. they'll only operate on two axes which is nice yeah google yeah. has said that they're going <laughs> at first use them just to shuttle people around the google campus so you
2: can use your android phone and say i want a car now and then hello and then you get in and it goes <laughs> and takes you somewhere else yeah it probably says droid but it probably says droid based on
0: that face <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah is this a situation where each of these cars has the identical, same bubbly personality, but they all think they're unique? I hope so. Aww, and then they come. It to... always
0: makes me real sad for some reason. I don't like it.
1: Yeah, that plot. That always drives me nuts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just give them different personalities.
1: It's hard. It's expensive. Personalities oh, no. ain't cheap.
0: Eh.
1: <laughs> I'm the angry car. I'm the surly car. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just cars.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, we are fucking walking right down that path. Look at that thing. It doesn't look like <laughs> Owen Wilson. <laughs> if that little like 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 sensor nose on it had like a weird break
1: in it, it just looked like Owen Wilson. That car. You could do that.
0: Yeah.
1: Done. It can happen. One of them is going to be that special di- limited edition Owen Wilson. Yeah,
2: Owen Wilson's face on the car. <laughs> it's already halfway there.
0: Let's do some reader mail. Yes. Yeah. Brought to you by you, the readers. If you have questions for us or interesting things to talk about, please write us at questions at idlethumbs.net.
2: Yeah. On your computer. Do that. Or telephone. Or from the dash of your self-driving car.
1: <laughs> James Henderson writes, hey Thumbs. Hey James. Short time listener, first time emailer, working my way through the back catalog. Oh, okay. I was oh, sitting enjoy. at work listening some to video game music related albums on Spotify. And a recurring thing I noticed is that it's most on these cover albums, It's mostly older stuff from pre-PS1 with a token Final Fantasy VII track and almost nothing from the current era. Would you put the notion that the music from that early Genesis, not apologizing for this pun, even though the Mega Drive is the superior console name, of gaming is due to money being a lot tighter, so having to replay old games drummed those iconic tracks into our head? Hmm. Particularly the early stuff that didn't have the battery backup saves and whatnot, where those early stage music would just repeat over and over and over in your living room or bedroom because you couldn't afford to go out and buy a different game? or because the game was too hard so it led to stretches of running through the same levels repeatedly? seems a lot of the modern era isn't as earwormish because of the increased influx of money, since most of us have grown up, combined with the advent of cheaper and cheaper games, from $20 at launch indies, 75% off Steam sales, pay-what-you-want bundles. This is before you take multiplayer into account where background music is rendered unimportant, or in some cases not present at all, to facilitate voice chat. Do you think the devaluing of the products by these sales undermines appreciation of their composers and not hear the music as often as we did back in the day makes it harder for us to remember how it goes and grow a fondness for it? I was going to toss this around in my head, but being a fan of Austin Wintry's ragtime music in Monaco and knowing that he composed for the Banner Saga, which is on sale as I typed this, was what convinced me to give the game a go as I'd heard the soundtrack before on Spotify and felt I could get behind a game whose soundtrack is almost a narrative unto itself. As a musician, also Chris, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, but I'd also love to hear what Sean and Jake have to think about it. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work, and good luck with Firewatch. James Henderson from Donegal, Ireland. Sweet. Um.
2: As far as the early earlier games go, I don't know if it's as I mean, I think all the things that he said are true. As far as probably time invested per game per sure. child mm-hmm. w- was potentially higher than, but I think also it's just the technical limitations. Like Mario
1: Brothers, even Mario yeah. Brothers Three, or, entire... Ma- or Mario
2: Brothers Four, like it has only like seven like, or eight
1: complete songs. Or well and only like what four audio channels for the if yeah. that, for the entire soundscape of the game. Yeah,
2: but even the Super Nintendo stuff, like it's like if you play Sonic the Hedgehog, there's three worlds in a row that have the exact same song, and that's almost the entire audio yeah, scape of true. the game, other than yeah. bloop and right. stuff. Yeah. Other than like bleep bloop bloop games are growing <laughs> up. Um, yeah. whereas now it's just if you make a game that's of like the like publisher marketing scope of like the modern equivalent of, I guess like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or Contra or something, you're going to demand multiple music cues per level that yeah. cross blend between each other and exist in a huge cinematic mm-hmm. mix and stuff like the music just is Oh yeah,
1: for sure. Well, there's two, there's two axes, right? Like there's the part you said about just quantity of music, but then I think much more relevantly to this question is quality of music. I don't mean quality on like a good, bad scale, but I mean like the quality of the music, like what is it? Like um, Because the, when you're dealing with a hardware sound chip like you would get in, uh, you know, an old console or like an early PC or something, um, you're just hard limited to the sounds that that thing can produce. Like there's very little you can do to create a kind of quiet, subtle soundtrack with that kind of hardware. Like there are some examples, like there's some Metroid stuff.
2: Yeah, Super that, like, Metroid is surprising because it yeah,
1: breaks that trend. But But you really have to like be going for something really specific with it um and it's a challenge like you have to work around the limitations of that the soundscape that you're given whereas those chips are very like assertive like the sounds are these big like square waves and stuff like they're really in your face and so it totally makes sense that the music would be catchy also just the style of those games is very like most of those games were uh very direct like they're 2d which means like input would often translate in, like, a very predictable way to character movement as opposed to, like, in a 3D world where things are a lot, like, fuzzier. Um, and I've, these games, I feel like, just invite that kind of, like, very direct, assertive kind of musical and visual style most of the time, right? Obviously, there's yeah. exceptions to this, but, like, I feel like those things go hand in hand. Whereas now, it's like you're in a 3D, big 3D world or even a 2D game, that a modern 2D game that's, like, lush and uh, kind of has a variety of, you know, can have a huge range of art styles and all sorts of things. But like you're in a complexly rendered world that probably has an audio soundscape. That's distinct from the music that you would have to share the audio oral space with. Um, there might be dialogue also like, you know, there's all kinds of other elements of the sound that, that, so the, 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 like looping score is not, is not doing all that work, you know, like it's sharing the oral space with all this other stuff. Um, and also, like the, you know, resolution's higher, which means individual objects on the screen don't take as, up as much space, which means you're fitting more visual information in, which means the soundscape has to represent like a greater variety of things on the screen instead of just being this kind of like abstract tone setting. You know, like if you're running around a Mario world or a Sonic world, like the worlds are these very exaggerated like cartoon things, and so the the music is just like this is what the, this world sounds like emotionally. You yep. know, and that's all it needs to do.
2: I think. To that point, modern games that deliberately go back to the older or to older, more simplistic styles are often games where you remember the music. Like I remember the music from *The Binding of Isaac*. I remember the music Mm -hmm. from *Spelunky*. I obviously really remember the music from *Katamari*, the Mm -hmm. first game, even though that game's three D. Like it's very much just it controls aggressively what's going on. Yeah. Whereas if you have a huge all singing, all dancing game, you have to go so far to pull it back for it to be memorable. Like everyone quotes the moment when you first get to Mexico and red dead redemption is a moment when the music stood out and it's because they cut every single possible sensory input other than you just walking and hearing yeah, the music. Right. And That's then the moment point. you get off the horse, like that moment is totally broken because the, the everything comes back and yeah, Music yeah, yeah, turns yeah, off yeah. like you're, you know, totally. Um, it's yeah, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, and uh, games play with that stuff sometimes. Like I remember really noticing the, Interactive like combat music in Bioshock Infinite because I feel like they d- they did a really good job of um, highlighting it and bringing it in in a really kind of well mixed way like the audio mixing in that game actually across the board I thought was just really excellent um, and like putting kind of oral highlights on stuff that uh, they wanted to like have kind of pop and like you know the flip side of that is in that game it also you end up hearing that music so often because combat occurs so frequently that it kind of dulls at the impact a little bit um but you know like it is it is as you say like with Red Dead or like it, it is totally possible even in a big kind of full service AAA game to pick moments where you're going like, to you have to just choose out.
2: at this point like in older games you didn't have to make the choice to pull back to hear the music because the music was just one of the like, yeah, three like things the hardware could basically. do so you yep. did it but like in Transistor, Supergiant obviously decided at certain points oh in the game, God. they were going to hugely so pull everything. Like, the world art goes away. Everything goes away other than just iconic representation of the space mm-hmm. when you're in the hacking mode and the, the like, solo singer.
1: Did we talk about the music last week at all in that game? I'm not I don't sure. Think so. I don't know. How God, it's so good. It makes me so, like, um, it, it just, like, as a composer, like, it just m- makes me want to work on something like that, right? Where, like, it's the music is like fully synthesized into the game world and like the modal states of the game affect how the music is mixed. Yeah, an- like, another God, example it's so of that cool. where it's so good.
2: the game is portal two, where it feels like they realize there, there's a very specific number of things that can happen in this game. Basically too. you are inside of a space, you have a portal gun, you can use the portal gun to manipulate objects and GLaDOS or, or Wheatley, like one character can talk to you. Or and, you can
0: fly through. You can
2: fly I mean, but you're but there. you're, yeah, you're interacting with the portals, but like, because they're, because you're in this space where they can control which things they care and don't care about, one of the things they really decided to care about was the music. And I feel like the music in Portal 2 is super memorable. It's really mm-hmm. responsive to you. But even when it's not being responsive, there's so many places in that game where you're just observing insane machinery going on. But the music is like the thing that sort of is driving your feeling of the pacing of that scene. Yeah, or you're totally. alone in an empty sort of abandoned room and you just kind of hear the echoes of weird synthesized robot sounds that kind of have a melody to them or
1: something one for sure one cool thing about portal 2 that definitely feels like one of the interesting tools at your advantage in like a modern high fidelity 3d game with like positional the ability to like position sounds in space um is that you can kind of blur the line between what is score like what is kind of non-diegetic score and what is like diegetic kind of sound design because the uh the turrets in that game like emit tones and the tones over, like there are parts in that game where the, those tones being emitted or wait, is it the turrets or is it the lasers? I think it might be the the Lasers, laser emitters. Yes. Mm -hmm. The laser emitters emit tones. And like, depending on where you are standing in relation to the placement of these laser emitters in the world, like it creates a musical soundscape by the overlapping, like a, the, the, these these overlapping attenuated tones. Sort of yeah, 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 yeah. And like that stuff is positioned in 3D space, but it has the effect that music does of of having harmony, like having, you know, composed harmony. Um, it's a really cool combination of like two audio concepts that feels really at home in that world because it, it is so synthetic and, you know, constructed. And
2: I like how, like I mean, Transistor has music that's interactive because of your... Mm-hmm. core gameplay actions all over the, over the course of it but I liked that they went as far as giving you the trigger you can press love that. deliberately oh, that was so good. You, you can just, press a button and transistor that a spotlight comes down on your character who's a, and you just kind of who's a nightclub sing singer and yeah she'll just start singing um, a melody line over the top of whatever music is playing but everything literally falls away except for the music and your character in those moments yeah. and it's
1: Fucking crazy! It's so good. It, as like, far as I can tell, that has no other like gameplay it, it function. It means
2: nothing mechanically, but it is just sort of like. But if you've been great... enjoying the way that all these things go yeah. over the course of the game, you can just do it whenever you want by hitting mm-hmm. a button, and it's. Yeah, I love it. Good. Ugh. good music in that game. Amazing. Yep.
1: Cool. Cool. Thank um, you for I don't know if we that person's question or not. I
2: fine. don't know. We talked about it and <laughs> other stuff.
1: Um. Michael de DeSellencourt writes, Hey Thumbs, Vlambeer is Dutch and means flame bear. Vlam is pronounced close to flam and beer is pronounced bear. So it's pronounced flam which is easy to remember since it means flame bear. Love the show. Long time <laughs> fan, Mike.
2: Can we just call them flame bear from now on? I think that's fine with me. More like flam bear. It is, it is more like that. Um, let's see um, I guess that makes sense given their logo is a bear that's on fire
1: oh yeah I always forget that um, how could you forget now I can't now uh, Tegan Roboshow writes I don't usually read emails okay well she didn't write this part I'm editorializing I don't usually read emails like this but I thought this was particularly well done dear Chris Te- you're so dreamy Tegan Robichaux writes dear Chris Nick Jake Sean this letter is a haiku Please say the wizard. I thought that was good. It was good. I proved it.
0: Yeah, that was nice. Thanks, Deacon.
1: Um, what else do we have here? Um, Anthony Rogers says, Merch idea hats. I think an official Idle Thumbs iconic cap would be tremendous. You guys did ask for merch ideas.
2: What, would even, what would the, Think
0: about it. What would the Idle Thumbs yeah. iconic cap be? I don't know. Probably just like a blue baseball cap. The hard thing about Adult Thumbs merch is, I selfishly, am always like, "What would I want to wear?" You don't wear Nick Breckin's iconic hat. That's a
1: good like first instinct, though. Yeah,
0: and I'm always like, uh oh. "Look, kind of like a like a L.A. Dodgers hat." <laughs> <laughs> but what if it was that what without was the L.A. LA on it? the L.A. God, we should just somehow get an MLB. <laughs> <place> <laughs> Sean on, like, Bannerman's set iconic cap. cap. We just Dodgers. Buy, hat. We, just,
2: we just buy some <laughs> wholesale
0: Dodgers hats and sell them from our store. <laughs> I think we have to be like a registered MLB. They're a fucking. Situation. So really? really? like like
1: stores Like the like shitty kiosk at like on Fourth Avenue, in New York. Is those, are to... those are knockoffs.
0: Oh. Those are yeah. Those are those are. I thought there were
2: just resellers who could sell to stores like that. We'll see. We got to look into this so we could sell Sean Vanaman's iconic cap. Jake Rodkin's iconic iconic cap already exists. It's nothing.
0: Oh really? It's
2: skin cancer. <laughs>
0: oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Mary and Joseph. <laughs> You're bald. And you I can't talk about hats enough. with you. Why? Because I've loaned you one too many hats in my life.
2: My, yeah, Sean Vanderman's true iconic hat I lost, and it was a nice, oh. nice wacky Wyoming hat.
0: This old man, oh, no. my, when I was a senior in high school, this like old guy around town used to come into the store that I worked in. Was like, "Hey, I got this hat, and I thought you'd like it." And it's an amazing. It's like goldenrod yellow with brown stripes. Oh, I remember. And this. it has the steamboat, the Bucking Bronco, on the top of it, and it's this, um, and it says Cody in this '80s yeah. font across the front. <laughs> And it was just the greatest hat ever. And then I, Jake was going...
2: I wore it out to uh, Point Reyes one day. Then I lost it on the way to the parking lot. Oh, no.
0: Yeah, and it's gone forever. I was so sad about oh. Wait, I Sometimes it I, like, Google day. image search looking for that hat to just be like, oh, does I it know. exist?
2: I've looked all over the place to try and buy you one. No,
0: they don't exist. Like, it, it was, like, this clearly, point, like, sold at, like, a gift shop in the 80s in my yeah, yeah, town. Someone yeah, in, yeah,
2: yeah. in that state manufactured them, sold them in that store. The end. It did not yeah. go anywhere else. Yeah. I look every now and then, about once a year. I would look for that
1: hat. Well, I go up to point, Reyes the, Reyes I should at least find no. the photo oh. of, on the internet. I should oh, at least oh.
0: find the photo of you wearing it, so I can.
1: I think I was with you that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Chris is
0: behind there. Like, God, if I, if we both looked over, <laughs> and Chris was wearing later, it. I think I was there that day. <laughs> if you did that, <laughs> Chris I would, Ramos' iconic cap sound dramatic, but I probably would start crying. Not because <laughs> the hat is so important to me, just because of. I just sure the, the
1: like culmination the, the, of the shock playing, of it yeah totally all, yeah
0: for sure
2: he's not he doesn't have it though I don't know I'm
1: sorry Sean I wish I, I wish I could make you happy I felt in that way. like
0: it was real for a second there yeah like, like it like felt almost what it would be like but if then, you your, have
2: then it. your brain wouldn't just remembered it's someone's like, like shitty exp- uh, like Ford Explorer just rolling over it in the parking lot of Point Readers. Yeah. Just it's like all.
0: looking at the first number of a lottery ticket and having it match up and then you get that shock and then you're like none of them, the rest of them do and you're like, of course because it's impossible to win the lottery <laughs> duh when then you feel stupid for letting yourself have that little like yeah chemical yeah. spurt
1: yeah 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 anyway on that note see you guys next week for of thumbs 161 stay tuned if you want to get spoiled on mad men whatever episode 7, seven. Yeah. season 7 because we are not talking about mad men on this podcast, podcast. shitty and can't stop ourselves just
0: I got just zero negative, negative comments last care. time we talked about mad men we, oh got, a, we got a couple there are a couple grunts <laughs>
2: When's that gonna become Big its own sure. spin-off podcast? A seven episode miniseries discussing the final seven episodes of Mad Men. Oh, speaking
0: of which, yeah. um oh, yeah, Maybe book. tomorrow you want to do the book club? It's, it's still sure. May and yeah. there's
1: still time. I gotta do it tomorrow because I'm out Friday.
0: Okay, I'll do it tomorrow. All Sun right.
1: also rises. Alright.
0: Goodbye. Goodbye forever.
1: Until Goodbye. we talk about Mad Men in three oh, seconds.
0: Fucking <laughs> Mad Men. Yeah. So
2: good. I think I liked it. All things in this episode, 100 percent across the board. It was yep.
0: one of my f- it was a really, favorite episodes was a of that show. Episode. It was magnificent. I mean, it, and like, I knew it was gonna be when I saw it was co-written uh, by, and 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 by, yeah. by Weiner and and then directed by Weiner. I was like, "Fuck, here it is, here it is." Like, I just knew. Ugh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate how confident and perfect it is. It drives me nuts. It drives me crazy. But I love it. Go ahead. You're making the gaga face.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it it's just... Mm.
0: This is really good analysis.
2: <laughs> I don't know entirely where the rest of the show is going to go, but I don't really care about that. That's not what I wanted to talk about, but just it, it's... Well, it is a little bit. I kind of think they could have ended the show uh, with a lot of the stuff that they have going on right now. I mean, you can't really but the way that the way that everyone's plot arc intersects the landing on the moon is out of control. The place that everyone ends up is good. And I don't know. It just, the, this season has been so potent in seven episodes, like the way that it's defining and sort of aligning everyone's trajectories in a way that actually feels like they're going to end in a place that has meaning and justifies so mm -hmm. much of the like, show that you've been watching or not justifies but incorporates yeah it just I don't know.
0: it's a show that is completely driven by the desires of the characters and that's amazing to me like everyone whenever the show doesn't do that or just sort of like throws you a curveball and the character does something kind of stupid or like for entertainment value or for like to wrap up a plot point that's when the show is weak but that's when all shows are weak and most shows don't have the other stuff that Mad Men has which is just characters behaving the way that they should behave because that's the way they've been for years. And then all those things just come to these like beautiful crescendos. It kills me. Like every character in this episode from like, uh, Joan and Roger and Harry, everyone is just so well, like motivated by all their baggage. It's perfect.
2: I wanted to know, Chris, what do you think about the, the way that it feels like they're sort of taking Dawn on this kind of personally redemptive arc? Is it going to bother you at all?
1: Um, I mean, it might depending on where it ends. Like, I th- I feel like it would be not very satisfying or well earned if he were to like engage on this s- six and a half series long kind of death spiral and then come out the other end, spin like anyway. I'm your pal who like writes some slogans for you, and everyone, you know what I mean. Like, but I don't think that's what's. I don't right. think that's. I feel like he's gonna come out the other end. Sure, but but I I fit if it's as tidy as it yeah. was in, in this, ep- I love this episode. I'm not, this mm-hmm. is not a, the show's not done yet. So this is not my, like, it's not a judgment. Mm-hmm. This is, but like, well, there's no seven weeks
2: after this for him to overshoot past this trajectory into something yes. that is a different kind of, exactly. uh, of yes. interesting.
1: Yeah. Yep. I, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I, you know, it's not worth really speculating much about that at this point, but like, yeah, I, I feel like I trust... He's going to put a
2: machine gun in the trunk of his car that kills every bad guy. Yeah,
1: right? I know. (laughs) He's going to make a Nazi-killing robot that comes out of his car. He's going to one-up Walter
2: White with a Nazi-killing robot? That's what it was. I guess that's true. I guess he was killing neo-Nazis. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, spoilers. Spoilers, sorry. the End of a show.
0: I love... I love, like, the massive like spectrum of Don's personal life satisfaction, like how confident in sort of like knowing he is about what he wants in a second. And then how utterly lost he is as well. Right. Which I I think is how it's so much. And I
1: think that's how humans are generally. He's just such a, like he just as a person occupies so much of the space in a room that it's like that has an outsized effect on the people around him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's how people are. Right. I think mm-hmm. people have moments of really significant self-awareness and especially awareness of what's going on with others. Like, right. That's often easier than knowing what's going on inside ourselves. Like truly, but he, but like his lapses in that are, it's like when you're driving, you know, 80 on the highway and like the tiniest turn on the steering wheel. Like that's a huge swerve, mm-hmm. right? That's like what it feels like when he, he like has those lapses. The, yeah. the potential knock on effect is massive.
0: John Hamm's face when he's overwhelmed with emotion as Don, Draper I know the
1: end of that is <laughs> that was some of the best fucking incredible. Yeah.
0: I've just, you could stare at it for hours. Yeah. Like it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on. I can't believe it. Yeah. Really- I
1: wonder how much of that, like that ending scene, the incredible fucking the Robert Morse, yeah. like soft shoe. Like, uh,
0: we're talking, yeah. I guess you if you're listening to this, you saw the episode or you're nuts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Like, I wonder how much just footage Weiner just shot of John Hamm just like looking into the camera, registering every. Yeah, emotion you know like because the editing on that obviously is like a big part of it too yeah Um, I just wonder I also
0: am so fascinated to know how that was shot yeah like because you mean like was he watching that performance yeah yeah But the performance performance was
2: so that performance on stage could not be anywhere nearly as magical as it is in the film Yeah, because there's just everyone's feet are clomping around the floor of that thing has got to just be hollow and on shitty springs and stuff like there's no way that like that's such a like the whole world just drops away for Don Draper but you know that it was like
0: and You're welcome, th- reader. Like, <laughs> You're you know, fucking welcome, like, reader. <laughs> that's I imagine the actual like. Well, I mean, microphone. acting is acting, but like I just yeah. wonder how they actually shot it. Yeah. yeah, they did. They dropped. They made like reality. They altered reality twice in this episode, and I thought both times. One was subtle and a ama- mate, like I thought was just fucking outstanding. What are you talking about? Is when right before Peggy delivers the burger chef pitch it starts really high in the room staring at sort of like the drop ceiling and um, drop ceilings are also featured twice in this episode, which is fucking weird. Um, And the camera comes slowly down and there's sort of like this, like really low silence, like this sort of like bassy like room tone. And then as the back of Peggy's head comes into focus, the first thing, the the noise that disrupts that is her coughing. She goes like and turns her head and coughs. And then the camera slowly pans across all these white guys like in slow motion. Oh yeah, that was a fantastic moment. And then the sound comes rushing in as they cut back to Peggy and she starts. And I thought like that. It's interesting in the show when the directing jumps into other characters' heads. You kind of get used to it with Don a little bit. Whether yeah. it's he's imagining something or he has fl- Like mm-hmm. the only time they have really like or flashbacks or whatever have all been through Don's perspective. but Yeah. And then. Also the Robert Morris, is that the mm-hmm. actor? His performance for that last musical scene, section, not just the singing and dancing, whatever, was just impeccable. I as far mean, as, as, he as, says, a, as, Don, as a write-off when, of a show goes, his When off camera you hear yeah. him say Don, my boy. Yeah. Yep. It was so disruptive. It was yep. so like ugh, it was perfect. I loved it. Pitch perfect, every single thing. Mm-hmm. Lovely.
2: The thing in this episode that actually struck me the most that actually like uh it was hard for me to watch was Sally Draper during the moon landing.
1: Oh, that was great. I thought
2: where she just bites off that guy's attitude because she's like, cause she's into him. Oh, you
1: mean where, where he's like, yeah, 20 God, 5 where he's just dollars. like it's just a waste. And then she and the first ta- thing she says on the phone, like, she's like, yeah. so excited about it. Yeah. Her
2: dad calls her to like share this moment with her. And yeah. then she just recapitulates the thing that the boy that she likes says like she's trying his identity on for size. Right. Yep. Realizes that it doesn't fit. Yeah. Well, because Don also, tells her it doesn't fit. Too but much. I mean, it's it's not just because he says that. I mean, I think the words come out of her mouth. Yeah, I think as soon as she says and it, like, she realizes I mean, what no, she's doing. No matter, or even if it's
0: it's not that he said he hasn't. Don says, "You don't really think that, do you?" And she goes, "Well, whatever." And yeah. He says, "Don't be cynical." And then she's sort of. I like,
2: don't think she learns the yeah. lesson because she's told by her dad. I think she learns the lesson because well, that conversation is just insane and unlike anything she's ever had with her father and I feel like I don't know it felt to me like at the end of that moment like she was like that's ah, I don't know it hit me because of like I don't know if I want to actually tell the story on the podcast but there was a thing that I was going to share that is that I can't now that we're on mic um but it's okay that like man that moment fucking crushed me of just a turning point in your life that you behaved in a way that was, you can't take it back. You can't get that moment back. The moon landing for Sally Draper is now just that time that I said a fucking shitty thing. It's to not because She
0: also goes outside right, and kisses that, the dork and looks in the, that was her like, not knowing
2: what to do and sort of like,
0: I don't know though. I think it's her like, like figuring, like learning, getting to know herself and yeah. like inflicting her. Like, I, don't know. I think, yeah. I think I thought that moment,
2: that whole scene was really good because Sally's story has felt, like it's getting more and more real as she gets older but it's felt like she's kind of been treated like her arcs are often um more sort of like iconic or stylized like she is the kid who's going through the things that kids at this yeah. time went through but that whole moon landing story I think is a really real way like a really real depiction of how kids actually grow up where you sort of do a thing like trying on who, who different no, totally. different identities yeah, yeah, finding course. who you are and then doing i mean tiny things like that that you regret that just stick in your brain yeah. and then and well, then the
1: second th- half of that scene is still that i mean yeah, it's, yeah, like, I it's know. a continuation of that for sure yeah
2: it's uh it was good
1: yeah god i mean also kind of heartbreaking like the very end of that scene where she like lights the cigarette and standing there was kind of heartbreaking yeah <laughs> because you are like well there she is being her mom and her dad like yep oof i mean she'll probably be okay but like that that as a moment that's sort
0: like, of like the whole thing about the show though right Is like everybody will like generally be okay yeah. right like yeah it's a fundamentally it's, i think but fulfillment like, is humane, different, humane right? show but yeah like yeah. it's like will they like there's like sort of like self-actualization that no character can yeah. really achieve in the show like it's yeah. impossible right like no, like in the Mad Men universe, no character is allowed to have true right. self exist. Except for like and it'll Kinsey, who yeah. like went and became a Hare Krishna. <laughs> right. You know, like, yeah, right. Yeah, it's always, you know, and I think that's really amazing that that's sort of like this through line through the whole thing. I just yeah. love this episode so much because it was about cynicism and hope and it was about like optimism and moving in the future and change. and For sure. It was awesome. I love it. Yeah.
1: Thanks for joining us.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can you just find some shitty loot music?
0: own Waluigi.